You're listening to the Touch Em Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and on our next episode, we're going to do our first of a double trouble breakdown, going over some of my favorite MMA fighters in the sport of mixed martial arts and some boxers later on. But on this episode, we're going to go over my favorite bantamweight of all time and possibly the greatest bantamweight in the history of mixed martial arts, Dominic the Dominator Cruz. So let's get this started and step into the ring. So first off, guys, I don't know... I'm sure I got some casual fans and some hardcore fans of mixed martial arts listening to this, but we'll go over some news, some stuff on Dominic Cruz. First of all, he holds a record of 22 wins and two losses in MMA. First loss coming when he was, I think, believe 7-0 and in MMA against Uriah, the California kid, Faber. And then the second defeat coming to the, at the hands of Cody No Love Garbrandt at UFC 207 on December 30th, 2016. Uh... A lot of high-profile wins in his career beat the likes of Scott Jorgensen, Joseph Benavidez, TJ Dillashaw, Uriah Faber two times in their trilogy of fights, Demetrius Johnson, which is considered by many to be the greatest mixed martial arts fighter of all time. The GOAT, he had GOAT status until he left the UFC and went over to one championship. But Dominic Cruz has had to come overcome a lot of adversity in his career. You know, it definitely didn't come easy to him. And his style was very herky-jerky, and he didn't have a normal conventional style and a normal conventional way of throwing his punches. But we'll go over that in a little bit later. Let's go over some of the stuff Cruz has had to come overcome in his career. So in 2011, he coached the first live Ultimate Fighter, and it was supposed to fight against Uriah Faber for the Bantamweight Championship in the UFC. And he ended up having to pull out of the fight due to an injury on July 7, 2012, and it was due to a torn ACL. And you say, okay, you know, wow, torn ACL is a lot for an athlete to overcome, and they usually don't come back the same. But that wasn't it for Dominic Cruz. On December 3, 2012, Cruz had another ACL surgery because his body rejected the cadaver tissue from the first surgery, so he had to go back in and readjust and get another surgery since his body rejected it. After that, he was scheduled to return on February 1st, 2014 for a unification bout against Henan Barrow for the Bantamweight Championship of the World. And again, Cruz was forced to be removed from that fight because he tore his groin. And after that, Dana White was, you know, really upset that he had to cancel the fight for a third time. And he stripped Cruz of his Bantamweight Championship and brought in Uriah Faber to fight for the vacant bantamweight championship at UFC 169, I believe. And after Cruz had, you know, suffered that ACL surgery, he did end up coming back after three years away from fighting at UFC 178 against Takeya Mizugaki. And he looked great in that fight. And he ended up getting his first TKO win under the UFC lights in the first round and just really ran right through Takeya Mizugaki. After that fight, they were waiting to set up a fight against TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight Championship after he had beaten Henan Barrow twice and just dominated him and came out of nowhere, really, in the Bantamweight division. People didn't give him credit, and he showed up and proved everybody wrong. And he was going to fight Dominic Cruz a little er, er, He was going to fight TJ Dillashaw a little bit earlier, but he had torn his ACL in the other knee towards the end of 2014 and was informed that he was going to be out for the entirety of 2015. 
He returned on January 17, 2016 and fought the reigning defending bantamweight champion of the world, TJ Killashaw Dillashaw, Dalla Dalla Billashaw, and ended up beating him by split decision and regaining the bantamweight championship that he never lost. And to be honest, it's one of the greatest comebacks in the history of mixed martial arts or in combat sports in general to tear your ACL three, four times, tear your groin, and never let that break you down or stop you from achieving what you wanted to achieve. And coming back and proving that you are still the best bantamweight in the world is amazing. And after he beat TJ Dillashaw, he completed a trilogy fight with Uriah Faber at UFC 199. And it was a close fight for the first couple rounds. And then Dominic Cruz just took over and ended up getting a unanimous decision victory. It says on here split decision, but I'm pretty sure he won by unanimous decision at 199. After he fought that, fought him, he ended up fighting Team Alpha Male's prospect contender Cody Nolov Garbrandt and losing his bantamweight championship via unanimous decision in a five-round war. Great fight, but Cody Garbrandt was able to stifle Dominic Cruz's game plan and had all the right counters to everything he was using in terms of footwork, movement, and strikes as well. Now let's get into the technical side. So Dominic Cruz is not a conventional fighter. If you listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's been on a couple other podcasts, I believe, but he says he you know he takes a, he takes something from everybody. He he makes it his own. He used Willie Pep's footwork and shifting and switch stance footwork and stuff like that. And he used some stuff from Muhammad Ali, like the shuffle he does when he's on the tips on top on the tips of his toes moving around. Aside from that, he uses a lot of shifting. So I don't know if, if you're a casual fan, I'll explain this for you. So shifting is, let's say you're a right-handed fighter and you're standing in orthodox stance or conventional, some people like to call it. So your left foot's in front, your right foot's in back. So some people will use their left hand, they'll, they'll step forward with their right foot and throw their left hand as they move forward. So it's, you're switching from orthodox to southpaw, and then you can switch right back from southpaw to orthodox. And it gives your opponent a lot to think about because they don't know which direction your punches or attacks are coming from, and it can, you can set up your game plan off of that. And aside from that, he uses a lot of bumps. I don't know if I'll explain a bump for you really quick. So let's say you're an orthodox fighter, lead leg, left foot in front, right leg in back. And so a bump is you're going to, you're going to take your left foot and your, and like move your left shoulder in your body. And you're going to move it in to like forward into range, almost like you're turned sideways. And you're going to act like you're going to come in and then you go back out and go back to your normal stance. This is to draw out an attack from the opponent and to freeze them up to think you're going to come in when you're not really coming in. You're just setting up for later attacks. So let's talk about um, Dominic Cruz's first fight against Uriah Faber. He lost in the U in the WEC by a guillotine choke. And then that would set up the long-awaited rematch, which took place at, I believe it was UFC 132. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's where it happened at. And honestly, this may be one of the best performances we've seen out of Dominic Cruz in his entire career, and it could be due to how injury-prone he is, and he hasn't been able to come back since that Cody Garbrandt loss in 2016, but a lot of things, so Dominic Cruz, he'll he'll move in and move out, and a lot of his stuff is freezing you in order to get his game plan off and use his game plan and set up takedowns and throw unconventional strikes. He does not have 
you know, textbook striking. It's not a perfect jab, a perfect right hand, a perfect left hook. Nothing's perfect, but it's all set up perfectly in his mind. So Dominic Cruz will, when he fought Uriah Faber, you know, it's a lot of light on the feet, shuffling your feet around, and you're moving from side to side, in and out. So your opponent can't throw anything because they don't know which direction you're coming from or if you're going to throw or, or not throw. But then if the opponent does throw because they feel like it's time to throw, Dominic can counter off of that. And a lot of the times he won't counter with punches, but one of the best counters he uses is a checked left or checked right, check right hook whenever he goes up against the fence. So people will pressure Dominic Cruz and he'll shift, he'll shift his feet to the left and then angle off to the right. But he'll go, if they back him up towards the fence, he'll use his right hook and he'll step out with the hook and circle around you in order to get the center of the cage back and move around you. Again, he also uses a circling jab. So he'll he'll jab and he'll move towards your weak side as he's jabbing. So it's jab, jab, jab as you're circling. And then when you come in to throw the attack, he'll switch off to the other side and throw a power shot and usually set up a knee tap takedown. That's one of Dominic's best takedowns. He likes to use it when you come in, when you try to attack him as he's moving. He did it against your eye Faber. So he would he moved it, he was moving around left to right, bumping in, bumping out, shifting his weight, you know, trying to get a read on Uriah Faber and what he was going to do. And he saw Uriah coming in to throw like a I believe it was an uppercut, actually. Either an uppercut or a right hand. And Dominic just bumped his left shoulder in, got on the inside through the uppercut, and then angled off back to his left to get out of the way. And a lot of the times he'll do that. And then if you come in again, he'll he'll fake, fake and faint, switch his feet and everything like that. And then he'll go, he'll throw like a punch, but he'll grab use that punch hand to smack the side of your head and then take your lead knee and use a knee tap takedown to get you down to the ground. That's Dominic's best takedown. He has used suplexes as well. He used that against Demetrius Johnson when they fought because Demetrius was so fast, he would just try to bum rush him and attack him on the center line and try to cut him off. So he'd cut him off, boom, one run against the fence, but Dominic was able to get underneath him, grab a body lock, and use a suplex to take him down. Honestly, if I was gonna if I was gonna use a few one saying to classify Dominic Cruz style. It's paralysis by analysis. It gets you thinking of so many different things that you can't get your game plan off. So it allows him to pick you apart on the ground and on the feet. He is a very, very accomplished wrestler. I believe he was a state champion. I'm not hundred percent sure though, but he uses his, his striking to set up his wrestling. And even then he doesn't strike too much, but he uses awkward angles to set up his different shots. Let's talk about the the last fight he had against Uriah Faber. I think I touched on it already, but I talked about the second fight. We're going to go into the third fight now. So a lot of the game plan for this fight was that it was at one UFC 199. You know, I feel like Uriah Faber tried to wrestle a lot more in this fight, but Dominic Cruz just had, again, they fought twice already. You know, they know each other pretty well, but Dominic Cruz... Used He sat down in his punches in this fight. And one of the things he did is, you know, he'll, again, he'll use that herky-jerky, cut off an angle on the side, switch a witch stance over to the other side in order to get you to throw your shots, and then he'll circle out of the way or dip his shoulder, roll under the punches, and get out. But, you know, to be honest, Dominic Cruz, I talked about the bumps earlier where you go, where you, you know, you fake in, you fake a step in, and then you pull back as they throw their shots. 
so that they think you're coming in and then you can counter off of that. So when you bum rush Dominic Cruz, he'll step in with that bump, you know, to that that little like fake and faint in order to get you to throw your shot. And then he'll he'll pull straight up and go backwards on an angle as you come forward. So that you're he's straight up almost, but you're coming forward, but his head's always off the center line. Cody Garbrandt was able to track his movements and Demetrius Johnson did this a little bit as well. Like I said, bum rushing. But whenever Dominic tried to angle on Cody Garbrandt, he would follow him and cut him off at the angle. So he would he would go to throw his wild punches and then and then Cody would cut an angle and circle off and use his combinations to fire off on Dominic. And it was this big speed difference. Anytime, anytime Cruz gave a little bit of a hint that he was going to move out of the way, Cody threw three or four punches right down the center and caught him. And that was a problem. It was the speed and the fight IQ of Cody Garbrandt, which I know it's hard to believe now since after that fight, he's been on a downward spiral of three losses in a row, including two to TJ Dillashaw, which Dominic Cruz beat by split decision, and then a loss to Pedro Munoz. But against Takeya Mizugaki, um, he did very well in that fight, and it was the first time I've seen Dominic Cruz actually get a TKO and a knockout. So what he did is, Takeya Mizugaki was very right-hand heavy, his power shots. that I watched the highlights yesterday, and all he basically threw at Dominic Cruz was, was power right hands whenever Cruz would try to fake in and bump in in order to gauge the distance. So he'd throw the right hand, Dominic would angle off. He'd throw the right hand again, Dominic would cut off to the left, cut off to the right, or he'd fake a step in. On the left, switch his stance to a southpaw and go to the left, go to the right, and then move back and forth. And he used this to set up a beautiful double leg takedown on Takei Mizugaki as he threw the right hand. Dominic ducked under to the right side and shot a double leg takedown and took him down. And that was the end of the fight, pretty much. He took him down, and then as Takei tried to get up, he got him up against the fence in like a over, in like a over clinch, not an under, but an overhook, and just blasted him with punches against the fence and knocked him unconscious. And that's what set up the fight against TJ Dillashaw for the Bantamweight Championship after Dillashaw beat Henning Burrell twice. So let's talk about this Dillashaw fight. That is one of my favorite fights to go back and study. And just to make myself a better, better martial artist, I love watching the Dominic Cruz and Dillashaw fight. Was it the most entertaining fight? No. But if you're a fan of technical striking and game planning in a fight, you'll love it and I don't see how you won't because a lot of people before this fight were saying that TJ Dillashaw was the next coming in Dominic Cruz. He was the more improved version. He was the upgraded software of Dominic Cruz. And I believed it too. You know, before I really started breaking down and analyzing fights, I thought that Cruz was going to get the job done, but I did think that TJ had a similar style to Dominic Cruz. But now when you look at it, it's not really the same. TJ uses more technical and clean striking along with the footwork, but Dominic is just all over the place and, and striking you on weird angles and throwing punches you don't normally see. A lot of them are looping shots, but everything's set up. There's nothing Dominic Cruz throws without having a game plan and knowing what to do if they don't land and what if they do. So in the Dillashaw fight, Dillashaw just came out way too aggressive. He came out and just just right out of the gate, just throwing, just switching stance, throwing, you know, Dillashaw likes to, likes to do that drop shift where he'll be in like a conventional stance and he'll switch his feet and throw the left overhand in order to, 
you know, gauge the distance and switch stance on you and then cut the angle, or he'll throw a right hand. He'll come in and he'll throw a right hand and then switch to a right hook as he switches his stance. It's a lot of drop shifting and switching stances and never being in one true stance. And then one of my favorite things I like to use from TJ is the right hand followed by the right high kick or the left hand followed by the left high kick, you know, because it's the same side attacks. I talked about this in the post-fight UFC Stockholm. Johnny uh, Alexander Rakic did it. Throw the right hand, throw the right high kick, to throw the left hand and throw the left high kick behind it because it's from the same side. So they're going to move to that same side thinking you're coming from the opposite side. So, yeah, in this Dillashaw fight, again, I want to get back on track. Dillashaw came in way too aggressive, and one of the things Dominic was able to do is just use his use long-rangey awkward strikes as, as Dillashaw was coming in and just picking him off. Every time Dillashaw tried to land a combo, he would come up the middle, or he'd come around the guard, and he would just back up and let TJ use all of his energy to push forward and try to knock him out. Now, like I said, TJ likes to throw that right hand, right high kick, or just lean down like you're going for a takedown and come up with a back high kick. And Cruz had a very good game plan on it. He would fa- he would like step in and shift to the left, and then when TJ would throw the high kick, he'd go back the other way and dip the other way to get out of the way. And Dillashaw tried to use body kicks in this fi- in this fight, you know, trying to cross and then body kick. And every time TJ would get close with a kick. Of course, he did land the kicks as the fight went on, but in the early going, whenever he would try to go for a kick, Dominic would catch it and either either strike out of it with like a looping overhand right to a left hook, or he would grab it and go for a double leg takedown. And if you watch some breakdowns like Brendan Dorman, I'll give him a shout out on here, breaks down, tremendous breakdown on a lot of UFC fighters. He's done one on Volkanovski, TJ Dillashaw. Peter Jan, I believe he's done one on a lot and he was my inspiration to try to kind of try to start this podcast on my own. So if you can get this to him, I'd love for him to hear it and maybe we could collaborate in the future. I don't know, but we'll see. So he said that TJ likes to use a crossover dribble. So it's where, you know, you're standing in the middle and you shift to the left, shift to the right, shift to the left, shift to the right as you're moving forward. So they don't know what direction you're coming from. They think you're going to move to the left and you move to the right. But when TJ tried to do this and then he would like left, right, and then try to come in with a switch stance left straight, Dominic would catch him in the middle. He would catch him right in the middle as he was doing the crossover dribble because your feet are square. You're not in a dominant stance. You're square. So as you go to move, Dominic caught him and shot a double leg takedown. TJ Dillashaw was able to scramble and get back up to his feet. And then Dominic Cruz again. TJ bum rushed and tried to throw like that four or five jabs, which he used a lot to try to gauge the distance on Dominic and confuse him. And he shot for a double leg right after that and took him down two takedowns in about four seconds. And he used this a lot. And then there was a point where TJ backed him up against the fence as he was switching stances, throwing his rights and his left hands as he was switching. And Dominic threw a right uppercut, a left hook, and then a check right hook and circled off the fence. And this is what Dominic uses when you circle him. If you try to pressure him, you use it against Demetrius Johnson as well. You go to pressure him and he's, sw- and he's he's sidestepping and cutting an angle to his left and to his right as you move forward. So you are on the center line and Dominic's off the center line every time you come in. And then he'll throw his right check hook as you come forward and he's back against the fence. And then he'll circle off to your weak side. 
and then go back to the center and start his game plan again. Again, like I said, paralysis by analysis. And people are like, well, the, maybe the key to beating Dominic Cruz is to bum rush him. You can't because he'll pick you apart. And if you sit there and try to overanalyze him, he'll pick you apart either way and just land his strikes because you're not getting off your game plan. So he's coming at you using his game plan. And let's talk about, I covered the Dillashaw fight, the Uriah Faber fights I covered earlier. And I covered the knee tap takedowns, which is a big part of Dominic Cruz's style and his game plan. But let's talk about the Cody Garbrandt fight. So I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I didn't expect Cody Garbrandt to win. I wasn't mad that he did. I, you know, I said I like Cody Garbrandt a lot. As you could see, I've mentioned him on this podcast multiple times. And I didn't think, I thought Garbrandt was going to come in kind of like TJ, not as much footwork because we didn't know he had, he was that capable in terms of boxing and footwork. But he came into that fight and fought a perfect game plan. You know, in his fight against TJ Dillashaw, the one thing that was able to stifle Dominic Cruz towards that fourth and fifth round was the leg kicks. TJ was able to fire off like that, that chopping leg kick, just the jab followed into the chopping leg kick, and it hurt Dominic. But again, TJ bum rushed and tried to take him out, and then Dominic was able to grab a double leg up against the fence, turn off, cut the angle, and take him down. But let's talk about this Dominic or the Cody Garbrandt fight. Cody would bum rush, but he was very patient in his rushes. So he would he would stay on the outside. And then when Dominic would try to use his herky-jerky movements and the shifting and the cutting of the angle, switching the stances to, to confuse him, that's when Cody would land his combos. It was just bop, 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 bop. And he used the leg kicks right away. That was one of the main things he used. You know, he'd back up and then throw the leg kick. But another thing, Dominic Cruz did fight like Dominic Cruz, but it wasn't a normal, it wasn't as textbook as we normally see Dominic. And it's because he got him angry. Dominic wanted to take his head off. So he sat down on a lot of his shots to try to take him out. And that's why Cody was able to land his power shots and knock down Dominic Cruz because it wasn't, he wasn't more, he wasn't fighting for points in this fight. I feel like Dominic was trying to knock him out. And if he did fight for points, maybe we get a different outcome. But that was one of the greatest performances in a, in a title fight from a, from a newcomer that we've ever seen. And whenever Dominic would try to use his weird footwork again, Cody was actually able to take him down about two or three times in this fight. And then he got to the point where Dominic was behind on points, so he had to try to stand and trade with him. And that's when Cody threw that, I believe he covered up, and he threw like a, a looping overhand left and caught Dominic right on the jaw and dropped him. And then again, up against the fence, he would track Dominic's movement. Like I said, Demetrius Johnson did in their fight from early in Dominic's career. Whenever Dominic would shift off or use the dart where um, – I didn't mention the dart. I might have earlier. Again, we're going over a lot, so forgive me if I already mentioned this. But Dominic uses the dart when he's crowded in an area. I said the uppercut left – the check hooks was good to get him off the fence. But aside from that, if he feels like he's getting close to the fence, he will – he'll throw like a left hand – or he'll throw a right hand if he's in a conventional stance and he'll use that right hand to step through and gauge distance to move forward and get back into the center of the cage. He'll also use it from Southpaw where he'll throw the left hand and just like overstep with it and then circle around you to get back to the center and get back to his game plan. 
But whenever Dominic tried to do this to Cody, Cody tracked the dart and then followed him up to the fence and landed the combinations and tried to take him down. Again, masterful performance from Cody Garbrandt. If you have not seen Dominic Cruz's fights or the Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz, TJ versus Dominic Cruz, um, Uriah Faber versus Dominic Cruz 2 and 3, please go out of your way to watch this and just to see how great this man is. I'm trying to do justice to him right now and tell you a lot of what his game plans are, but it's a lot of off-center line attacks. Like I said, he's never coming at you from a singular plane. He'll see what plane you're on, and then he'll go to the plane to the left or the right of you. He's always thinking two, three steps ahead. So when you try to come in, he's got a counter for you. And if you try to counter off his counter, he's got a counter off that counter. And Again, he's he's the he's got the highest fight IQ in the sport of MMA. I don't think anybody beats it, especially with how little he got hit aside from that Cody Garbrandt fight in his career. This man's unbelievable, and I don't know how you could be a fan of mixed martial arts and not know him if you don't know who Dominic Cruz is. I hope I'm giving you an insight into how good he is, and I hope you look him up after you listen to this podcast. If you can get in contact with Dominic Cruz, please Send him this. I would love to get in contact. Maybe we could do an episode. Of course, I'm not that big yet, but who knows? Dominic was supposed to come back and fight John Lineker or Jimmy Rivera, and he had to pull out one for a broken arm and one for a torn shoulder. So who knows? Maybe 2020, the Dominator comes back. It's been a rough path for him, as I said, but you know he's always ready and getting ready to come back. But there was a lot of the technical side of Dominic Cruz's breakdowns. Like I said, it's a lot of fakes and feints and feinting the in and out movement and then cutting angles off your combinations. He also likes to do like a jab right hand to a cut, like a cut kick when he would, when he chases you. But also when he comes forward and tries to chase you, he, he leaves his head off the center line. Sometimes if he chases you straight ahead, it's from not one traditional stance. It's usually from a square stance where his feet are square so he can get power in both of his shots. Throw a left hand, he can switch to southpaw. Throw a right hand, he can switch to orthodox. Throw a left hand, he can switch to southpaw. As he's moving forward, getting you to back up, and then as you come forward, he'll cut the angle and shift off the center line. And then usually set up the knee tap takedowns, or he likes to fake in with that bump and throw the uppercut, like I said, in the Uriah Faber fight. So again, that was most of what I had to cover on Dominic Cruz. I can't wait to see him back. I'm sure he's working on a new style to add to add notches to his belt into his different game plan and how he fights. I can't wait to see him back. Uh, we're going to start. This is a new segment. We're going to call it, like I said, Double Trouble Breakdown. And maybe once a week I'll do a different fighter. I'll study them. I'll look into their tendencies, what's good, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and anything like that. So I'm ho- I hope you guys liked it. If you did, please, like I said, let your friends know. Let your f- boyfriends know, your girlfriends know, your coworkers, anything. Get this out there and let people listen because, like I said, I'm here to stay and I'm not playing around. But let me know who you guys want next. Maybe I'll do Marlon Marias. I could do a Henry Cejudo one since he just beat Marlon. Maybe a Tony Ferguson or a Khabib breakdown. I feel like it would be real interesting to break down Khabib's takedowns and stuff like that so let me know uh i'm double m this has been the double trouble breakdown episode one and i'm out guys have a good one and don't forget touch them up